<laughs> Are you kidding I mean, me? Were you like, let's go. <laughs> now tell me more. I want to hear more, Matt. Tell me more, Matt. About what? My my topic for the day? Your view on politics, no. religion. Oh, and, and I have something really good. Issues of, uh, something really good. I didn't get to tell you before we hit record, so remind me what? after this. No, tell me more, Joel. <laughs> no, no, it's really good. So no, we're not going to talk about it right now. People want to hear it? It's after dark. It's like a safe zone, right? Welcome to Practical Shooting After Dark, your safe space for practical shooting discussion. <laughs> Here with the boys uh, on deck, we've uh, coming at you from uh, Washington, Mr. Mr. Kim. Hello. Uh, from Kansas, Mr. Hopkins. Missouri. I thought you were uh, Kansas City, uh, Kansas, man. I thought you moved nope. over to Kansas, Kansas City, Missouri. That's a bummer. This is these not-so-subtle jabs you can throw at people, Joel, to try to annoy them. Like the state oh, flag for Tetra, Texas? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like you can use the state flag of Chile. Nobody do this <laughs> if you're listening. Do not email <laughs> shopping at com something with the flag of Chile and say don't mess with Texas. I'm actually putting an order in tonight, and I'm going to do that. And get real sensitive about that shit. I actually just messing around. Um, like, you know, people in Texas are like obsessed with the Alamo. Like they, it's like a yearly thing that they talk about in school for like a month every year or something, apparently, which would make sense. Um, there were there's something on Instagram. I was doing that to mess with the pro shop guys. I was like, oh, what's the Alamo? What's that all about? I, I mean, maybe somebody told me, but I forgot about it because they were posting like, remember the Alamo stuff? And some Texan got on there and like filled me in on what the Alamo was, like non-ironically explained it to me. I was like... Holy shit, you guys! I know are... it's a like a historical thing, but I honestly couldn't tell you like what happened or what was the repercussions of it. Oh, really? Yeah, like no, honestly, like what well, does it uh, matter? Well, Billy Bob was in a lukewarm movie about it, so you can you can just watch just watch the uh, the feature film and you'll you'll love it. You won't love it. It's not very good. You want to know the name of this film to watch? No, I Is do it not. Called the Alamo. It might be. I think it is. I'm not going to watch it. There's no point in telling me. You don't want to watch like a 15-year-old like, uh, mid-grade mid 15-year-old movie of no historical significance to you? No way it's 15 years old. It's way more than that. The Alamo? No, it came out in 2004, and it's called The Alamo. And it was starring Billy Bob's my favorite, but don't forget Dennis Quaid, Jason Patrick, and it, this was at the end of his relevance, I would say. Uh, Patrick Who's Wilson. Billy Bob. Billy Bob Thornton. Okay, all right. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Never mind. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right, guys. Let's get into it. You know the rules. Everybody comes here with a topic. Um, Matt, I think you got something pretty spicy you wanted to talk about. Uh, not really. I was just going to talk about this weekend shooting. and uh, You have I'm... nothing remotely spicy you want to talk about. Oh. Very I thought we were, I thought we were going to do one later, but... Um, well, I'll, uh, I'll propose one. There's a pretty good no, one. No, no, I got one. Let me finish. Right. So I was going to talk about this weekend shooting and I'm pretty sure all of us, I don't know about Kim, but we all shot a local match this past weekend, right? I shot two of them. Yeah. Oh shit. Joel's an overachiever here. Kim, did you shoot? <laughs> no, there's nothing going on in Washington state. God, no matches. Why not? Uh, the governor is doing weird, uh, three phases. Uh, homestay relieve kind of thing. Yeah, so you'll be shooting a match probably in November 2022 or yeah. <laughs> hopefully the government, they're keeping you home to keep you safe. 
because they're, they're worried correct. about you. So I just wanted to like kind of get any everybody's like opinion on getting back to shooting local matches and been you know actually shooting one since when. Oh, I I'm sorry, I didn't shoot a match this weekend. Hold on, you said you were gonna. I was going to. I was going to. I was trained. I you believe it, I trained all week. I'm seriously. I trained no, all did week. Not. I did. I was I was training like hard. I shot hard. I, I, okay. Shooting dry fire. I was training all week. Lots of different. Uh, lots of different stuff I was doing. But it rained. It rained on match oh, day. It rained, so you oh. didn't go. No, I mean like, I'm not super annoyed by inclement weather. And like, I took one look at the like, like at down, the like radar down, track when I got border, yeah yeah I got up I'm like nope I'm not gonna like <laughs> I would go but no like this is it's at 50 degrees and rainy as hell it's like it'd be a day that I'm not it would be a day that I would be dreading if I was getting paid you know what I mean it would be <laughs> like today is going to suck nuts and I'm just going to like put on a smile and deal with it. It was like one of those days, but it was like, a, a, I, I can't even imagine who went. We got uh, that later in the day than you did. Yeah, it was raining sideways and it was super windy. It was awful. Luckily, I was already home by then. I didn't get any of that. And I had shot a local match and then I went and practiced on Sunday. And okay, I'm just, I'm and just, just, just so we're clear, Matt, half of the people registered for the match. As I'm looking at the results here, half of them didn't show. Okay, I'm not saying nothing. It's you practical should. shooting. It's not fair weather shooting. No, it's fair weather shooting for me. <laughs> are you kidding me? Fuck. Just saying. I do this shit for fun. I don't know why you guys are here. It's not USFWSA. No, that's just an initiative for me. All right, go ahead, Matt. <laughs> I'm just happy we're back to shooting. Local matches are happening. People are getting out. And the season is actually starting now. That's this weekend shooting for me. What were things like at your club, Matt? Where everybody, I'm guessing everybody was happy to get out? Everybody was happy. I think there was a higher turnout than normally at that club. Just because nothing's been open locally around there for like two months. So more turnout. People came from farther away than normal. Uh, I'm liking the dot. I posted a video up. I'm, I'm digging dry fire. It's helping a lot. And I noticed something on steel where, like, I'm actually getting target focus now without even thinking about it. And shooting the steel at target focus with the dot was very fun and interesting. Like, there were four little square plates in a row, and just mm -hmm. shooting that array was awesome. Like, it's something I've not experienced yet. It was fun. Nice. Not so controversial, but I'm done now. Uh, what safety precautions were you noticing taken at your club to make sure that you don't None. don't catch the Rona? None. None. Interesting. Uh, well, I'll add a little bit over none. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> no, I, this is that would be my expectation. It was not in a uh, county with a metropolitan city, so there were no. Just, I, I don't give a shit. Okay. Like, there were none. Like no no squad limits, no none of that. No, I think we had 13, and we had a roving RO with us. Okay. So the Did only precaution I could say that would happen was the scorekeeper scored the whole time, and we rotated ROs. But that's just because that scorekeeper never shoots, and he just does scorekeeping. Yeah, okay. Um, 
I shot a match that was limited to 10 people on the facility uh, a couple weeks ago. Really? Yes. So USPSA match. Don't bring anybody with you because no guests allowed because it's just, you know, we can only have 10 people and there's 10 slots open for the match when you register. That's it for the match. And that was interesting as well. And you got in? Yes. Did you have to do something special? No, I just registered for the match. Okay. We are okay. doing 10 person you cap me of, squads you also. You have shenanigans, sir? Yes. How dare you? Uh, no. Uh, yeah, I think I could see there being squad caps. That would be a safety precaution. That wouldn't be very annoying. So, you know. What does it do? Well, it's a, for us, it's, it's a not like you're in a bus. Who are we doing this for and what are we expected to do, Matt? What do you mean? Well, I mean, a 10-person squad cap might satisfy some state requirement in somebody's state or something. I've never seen a bigger group of fucking pussies that are supposedly all about no, no, anti-government. Government can't tell me nothing <laughs> no, no. to do, but they're hiding. <laughs> it's, it's, as that's... soon as they fucking get some, government's like 10 people can't have them. Can't have more than 10 people in a group. That's not. I don't think that's what, it's, uh, that's what this is about for any of us. Like, uh, for example, I am careful not to shake someone's hand when I meet them now. Yeah, um, I don't do that either. But it's not because of safety. It's just like I wanted to. I want them to be like feel safe if they don't. And I don't want somebody as some you know Karen looking at me, like oh you know you guys are shaking hands or like to offend somebody else. So I just like you know I try to play nice on some level. So uh, some states might have a restriction against having groups of more than ten. So if you're like oh, okay, there's no more than 10 people on a squad, so we're in groups of 10 or less, so, like, I guess we're good. And then if that's a problem for you in your state, like Mr. Kim might be dealing with this for a while, um, you know, then he it gives them a better argument to, you know, let the match go on because there's just a lot of nervous people. Not necessarily nervous about getting sick, but, like, nervous about getting in trouble. Or like where I'm at, Matt, like people call the sheriff or call the like the like the police for the city and will say there's a gathering of so many people here and they like send an officer out to check it or see if they're going to cite people like the whistleblowers. They can actually cite you. I don't know that anybody's actually getting cited, but there's whistleblowers calling, you know, for somebody from, you know, sheriff, nope. police department. No, nobody can get cited in my state like this. Our state Supreme Court slapped that shit down. Yeah, they basically said open everything up to you guys. Uh, they sure did. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't basically say that. Like it was like, nope, no, none of this stuff's enforced. Um, so I don't know. Like it's it's not for uh, us. It's so it looks right for other people. You know what I mean, Matt? I stick with my previous comment. I've never bunch seen a bigger bunch of fucking pussies. Yeah that are supposedly like anti-government and anti-establishment that bowed down so fast to whatever the government said. Are you working from home now, Matt? I have to. My work makes me. <laughs> so fuck off. <laughs> I, I, think what I can't I'm drive in and just sit in the parking lot. No, I, I think the problem right now is not so much government. It's just People are kind of working it out and people are getting comfortable with stuff. And like, I'm on the same page as you, like as far as what I'm comfortable with, but not everybody else is. And that'll change. Things will 
I mean, hopefully it'll, things will get better and you know, very few people will get sick. That'd be great. So we'll see. All right, Joel, what do you got? You talk uh, about? I'm going to talk about this week in shooting also. What? I tried something new. Uh, I shot a three-gun match in two-gun division. So it was really fun. Um, I followed my own advice for what I tell people when they want to try USPSA. Uh, I turned up to the match with the equipment I already owned. I didn't buy anything until I found out what the match was like and what would be required of me. Left all my gear in the car <laughs> until I got out and check out the rules. Like, hey, where do I handle my guns? Where's a safe area? Like, where do I load magazines? Um, with my homeboy, Kenny. I guess you guys would know. But, uh, you know, we, we walked the stage. We found what we thought were the best ways to shoot the stage. And then we asked if we had questions. Like, hey, where's the safe angle? And they had a one stage that took two bays. So, like, inside of a bay and then you run out around it to go to the other bay. Or, uh, like, one where I wanted to... Like, hey, can I ground my handgun here and then pick it back up after I've, like, engaged with the rifles? Like, no, you can't do that. Okay. And so, uh, anyway, it was just, the stages were, you know, very based on who designed them. But there were a few that required accurate shooting, a few that were lower difficulty with some really fast shooting. So I had a really fun time. Uh, I plan to go again. Now that I know more, I expect to have more fun the next match I go to because I'll be more prepared. But I, mean, I was just kind of thinking about it on the way home. It was really fun to... Maybe not necessarily be the new guy, but to try something new, something I hadn't done before. Um, so I really enjoyed it. Did, did you have to shoot both guns in every single stage? You have to. It was uh, three target. Was it three targets? I think that you had to be required to shoot with each gun. So I okay. shot two guns, rifle and handgun. So I had to shoot at least three targets with each gun. And then obviously steel, you can only shoot with a handgun or a shotgun. So what, I mean, you'll be doing this more, I think. Yeah. And what will you be changing as far as your equipment? Like, so what did you learn that you must buy? I guess uh, the question. Well, I turned up, I just used like, hey, 30 round magazines loaded 28 rounds. That makes sense. Well, they had one stage where you stood in one spot and you smacked like 30 targets. So I'm like, well, need to get at least a, a 40 round magazine or a 60 round, whatever. Like, okay, 30, bigger magazine. 30 targets with two shots each? No, it was 15 targets with two shots each. Oh, without exaggeration, it was it was literally thirty rounds. For, it was thirty rounds for one position, yeah. So well, if you didn't miss, dynamic and interesting. That stage was not my favorite, but whatever. Like, hey, I'll just I'll I buy two forty round magazines, and that way, if I need them in the future, I've got them. No big deal. Fair enough. Um, I Ben, we talked about this privately. I used a practical rifle, so a sixteen inch rifle with a I got a Geisley trigger in it, but other than that, uh, a red dot. Um, and you know, a light on it. It's like an actual, like a duty or so you're a using the same one I used, the yes. 510C. So not just the no, I've got, a, I've, I've got an EOTech on that one, but oh, but you, you don't same have reticle. The, yeah, you have the 65 mil ring with the with uh, a one minute dot and the hash at the bottom yep. for the close range eyeball mm -hmm. shots. Yep, well, then you're all set. So there was well, a, so apparently not, though, probably guess. No, so there's some shooting okay. at two and three hundred yards, which uh, plates, yes, 12 inch, 10 or 12 inch plates. And then when you hit them, they have like a little, uh, like a light that flashes next to them to indicate that you hit them. So, I mean, yeah, I hit them, but it was obviously not one shot to uh, one hit. So an LPVO is probably the ticket, like if you want to win at that game, to use the equipment they're using for those types of stages. Absolutely. Otherwise, for anything else inside 50 yards, I mean, I I had a st an overall stage win uh, for all divisions where it was like very fast shooting. And uh, like the Yotech was fine for that. So 
having like a little bit of like specialty gear for like those once in a while situations. Like, yeah, just being prepared for next time. Sounds pretty good. That was a time plus score too. Yes, correct. So it's one alpha or two anywhere on the target. Nice. Did you notice anything that transitioned over besides pistol shooting? Uh, honestly, it felt like a USPSA stage, just with a little bit different rules. But otherwise, I mean, a lot of it really carries over. So stage planning, whereas you have more than one gun, so it's hey, what's what's the fastest way to get to these targets? What which rifle or handgun for my case? What would be the best tool to use on that job? But otherwise, the stages, I mean, they had a couple where it was like a shooting area with targets scattered all over the place. It's kind of a, imagine a U-shape. We're going to have to go to all the spots, basically. So, like, hey, what do you think the fastest way is? Do you want to shoot targets coming in, backing out, that kind of thing? They had a spinner that I've never seen before. I don't know if you've seen, where it's, uh, it's got like a, a circle, like a plate on the top and the bottom, and you have to shoot it and make it spin, basically like make a revolution. So that you was something that different. with the handgun? Yep, have to, because you couldn't use a rifle. How was it? Uh, I asked people before me, <laughs> I'm like, what do I do? Straight up, I, well, I was squatted with like the veteran group. They had not seen anybody shoot it with a handgun before. <laughs> I'm like, oh, great. Because they just use a shotgun. And it's like, wham, wham, wham. And then the thing just starts spinning in circles. I'm like, okay, well, that's not going to happen for me. So uh, Kenny was up right before me in the stack, luckily. It's like, yep, you shoot it a couple times in the top to get it kind of coming forward. And basically, anytime it's going away from you, you shoot it. So I reloaded the gun. I was shooting my Glock 17. So I reloaded the gun before I got to that. And then I just started shooting. Whichever one was going away from me, I would shoot. So I'd shoot the top a couple times. It would kind of rock. And then as the bottom half was going back, I would just grip How the gun How many magazines hard. did it take to get that done? Only one. I should have counted. Probably 12 shots, something like that. As it was going away, I just started shooting pedo splits, like holding the gun very, very hard. And then I think two passes of that, and I got it to spin. So. Well, that's good. So I'm so sure I, that impressed everybody. Uh, I don't think they'd seen that done before. So, yeah. Amazing, Joel. Anyway, it was really fun. It was uh, just try something new, and uh, I, think, I, en I enjoyed it. I think my topic connects with yours a little bit. You Ooh, tell me. Now. <laughs> okay, oh. so I've gotten this question a couple times. Probably like five people uh, asked me this question. Something related. So basically, the question was, "Hey, the virus going on uh, in in my country. There's no match. The range is not open. How can I stay motivated?" And I gave them very similar answer to all of them, but two was basically overlapping answer for everybody. The first one is actually watching uh, very great good shooters, like world champion type shooters, uh, even like some still challenge, any related skill in that sport, then I recommended them to watch the top level sport athletes. So of course, uh, IPSC, USPSA, uh, watch world champions and then try to follow like what they do, but you can't do them. For example, shooting on the move or shooting a swinger in one pass kind of thing. So challenge yourself, something that you can't do, but top shooters can do. And those can be pretty challenging, but pretty fun to discover and gather new knowledge. So get yourself motivated by watching top athletes. And then the second one was actually toying around. So I did it for myself too. When the thing started in April, there was no match for months. And then uh, I 
wanted to keep going to the range, but I felt like, hey, if I train my division, carry optics, uh, I think I'm going to be starting too early. I want to conserve my energy and motivation. So I started just doing some, you know, other guns, iron sight guns, even rifles, two to three PCC kind of thing. So I started shooting other guns with my main gun. So it's not like I was completely stopped training with my main gun. I would shoot something like two to 300 rounds on a toy gun and then shoot two to 300 rounds on my main gun kind of thing. And maybe even sometimes I would shoot the same drill back and forth with different gun and then see like what kind of aspects, like how I can grip, how I'm feeling my grip, trying different things actually make me, it's like Ben talked about it in long time ago on a podcast. He mentioned about new girlfriend syndrome kind of thing. So like mm-hmm. people who wants to buy a new gun every time and you get motivated kind of thing. Actually, I think that works in some cases. So toying around actually really helps you. Even if it's not a handgun, even if it's rifle or shotgun, like Joel shot a uh, two-gun match, I think it actually helps us to keep that motivation level up and interest level up. So like even if your range is completely closed, I might even recommend trying maybe computer game, uh, Call of Duty, shooting different guns in the game too. I don't know. I think that's... They can motivate you, so I think it's just keeping the interest up is pretty important. The gaming thing might be a little stretch <laughs> to help with your shooting. Oh, it uh, wouldn't help with your shooting technique. It would keep your interest level up. Have you guys ever watched a uh, a tangent? We were playing like Call of Duty, especially with the handguns. Have you ever watched how the gun recoils and you get really annoyed by seeing the way it like tracks or like? The way like when it returns like way too much firing hand tension you can see like the muzzle like bouncing up and down it stops yeah, that's just um, me well they had lucas model it what do you expect <laughs> <laughs> throwing some mad shade there matt Matt, holy <laughs> crap there you he's the uh, king of, of over muscling transitions dude come on yes <laughs> it looks cool on the instagram though yeah it looks yeah. super fast. Dude, so I want to shoot. Get what's not, important, Matt. Looking good on Instagram. It's like I'm not going to lie. I do want to shoot from inside a car at some point. I need to do that. Where, like, just, like, she draw will... the gun and start, like, shooting targets <laughs> in the windshield. I think prepare that would be, be awesome. Prepare to be underwhelmed. But, yeah, you should have fun with that. Well, I imagine it being quite loud, but I don't know. I think it'd be fun. All right. Sorry. Go ahead, Ben. Well, I was going to say, my what I wanted to talk about kind of lined up with what Mr. Kim was talking about. You know what I did all week where I was training very hard, Matt? And then I put a, a post on Facebook, like, pick my division for the match. Yeah, I, was, I like that. I wasn't fucking around. <laughs> I was really fun. trained hard. Okay, a production gun, limited gun, carry optics gun. I'm good to go with any. And I put it up, and, like, just, and I went just by tally, by vote tally. It's like, great, okay. The people have voted for carry optics. That's the vote. If it was anything other, if people wrote any words other than one of the three divisions that I chose, I just ignored them. And then I tallied the votes and I'm like, okay, I'll shoot carry optics. Like, I really did that, man. I thought that was a fun experiment because it was what Mr. Kim was suggesting. It's like, hey, just train different equipment, train different stuff. For example, what I did today was I went out and I set up a couple of uh, uh, classifier stages for some training group content I'm making. Um, and I shot these couple stages just with all three divisions guns all in the same day. 
And that the reason is like, hey, I want to see what it's like to change between this gear. So I'll go from a very lightweight gun with an optic on it and then take that off, put on um, a heavy gun shooting major uh, with weights strapped on the front of it coming out of a race holster and see what that does to my target transitions. And spoiler alert, it's a lot fucking harder to be changing between different guns in the same day. It's very challenging, but um, I've been enjoying the challenge and I'm just doing that to kind of stay motivated and, um, and see what I can learn. I've got questions. Tell me more. Uh, caliber wise, I can imagine shooting a nine millimeter and then a 40 feels like a cannon. Do you start with like the 40 and then the nine? Do you still switch it up recoil wise? Are you? I switch it up, like whatever. Like that's, that's the rules for, for me. Like I made the rules for myself where it's like, it's like, nope, I don't give a shit. Like randomize it and just see what happens. So okay. you'd have all these theories in your head. Like, hey, I should shoot this gun and then this gun for X, Y reason. I mean, mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter. And I just, I don't, I don't allow myself to do that. I'm just, I will just pick a gun and tr train with it for a little bit, then switch and just see what happens. If you had to pick one thing that was the most difficult, is it, would it be the recoil, like the weight of the gun, moving it around? It's, I'm guessing grip and sighting system were the least like tough. So well, if shooting portfolio pistols are all the same mm -hmm. grip for me. Mm -hmm. um, and mixing in other stuff, I mean, that, like, that's an issue for sure. Uh, is, but it's, it's the weight of the guns, I think, is the, the, the biggest issue that requires adjustment from training is the weight of the gun. You just have to get used to the weight because when you, you're you going to be swinging the gun between targets very intuitively and mm -hmm. you have to you have to really have internalized the weight of the gun. Otherwise, you're going to have problems. And what I found, like for me, I, if I'm conscious of what I'm doing and I shoot at a consciously controlled pace, so like not all out, not going crazy, mm -hmm. then I'm good. I'm like, I'm OK with everything I've got. But if I'm going to be shooting really aggressively and trying to make it intuitive shooting, um it won't work it, it's it's kind of like you can pick up somebody else's gun and shoot it okay but as soon as you go hard with it or like run the shit out of it then you start to have problems it's exactly like that i could totally see that yeah. did you do dry training then like once you switched guns did you dry train with it a little bit or did you just like make ready sometimes, and go for it sometimes i changed the rules Joel. sometimes <laughs> dry training was was allowed sometimes not and i and um so just putting the gun on like putting mm -hmm. the belt on and putting the gun in it um, with no dry training is dramatically different than if I, you do 10 dry draws. If you do I 10 totally see that. dry draws, it is night and day, the difference. But yeah, basically I've been making life hard for myself and training and fucking myself in the ass. And it's uh, it's been rough the last week. But I learned a lot. Only time. doing that because of the situation in the world? Well, no, I mean, this is just, you know, you would do that if nothing I would, had changed I would, or canceled or nothing. Yeah, I would. I'd be. I'd be okay with it because there's nothing going on at this point in the season right now. Anyways, I don't really give a shit. Okay. Um, if there was a big match coming up that I wanted to do well in, um, then I would not do that. But yeah, Matt, I'd say my my focus has shifted away definitely from one gun, one thing, train it all the time, win all the matches you can, do all the shit you can. But I mean, I just, I'm not about that anymore. Like that's like, I get that and that's good, but um, I'm trying to like learn a lot. And um, so for example, the last class I did when I showed up there, it's like, I just looked around and I selected the gun that matched what people were using the most closely. 
So it's like not even about what I want to shoot or what I want to do. It's just like, okay, I'll just mirror the student's equipment and shoot that gun. So that's the kind of stuff I've been kind of doing more of. And well, I, I think, think it's of, been been learning a lot. To name drop, our friend Andreas, we did an interview with him for training group. He was shooting a CZ for a while. He switched to Glock. I'm like, why'd you do that? And he's like, well, all my students shoot a Glock, so I wanted to use what my students use. I'm like, oh, well, I can't, like, can't argue with that. So that makes sense. No, it totally makes sense. And then, it, you know, you, you learn more too. Uh, so. But to be to be clear, regular regular dude that's training up hard and wants to be good, you wouldn't what give I'm that advice to everyone. Is, yes, I'm not. That, what I just said was not advice at all. It's a thing I, that I was doing. Yes. Like, like pick one gun and practice with it. That's the important thing. And actually the experiment I was doing for myself kind of highlighted why that's so important. Can you, I mean, for me, if I was spending, I mean, like no shit, if I sh take a set of equipment that I haven't practiced with recently and I've been practicing with other stuff, if I take and put that set of equipment on, there will take time until I just become proficient and like, yep, I kind of know where everything is in, in that intuitive way and and all of that, and I trust the gun, okay, it's zeroed, it's, it's doing what it's supposed to do, even though I, I can zero the gun and put it away for a year and not touch it and pull it out again, and it still should be zeroed, there's still like subconsciously you want to confirm everything and all that stuff. I mean, if you're, ch like me changing around guns uh, right now, it's probably I'm wasting half of the practice session, probably. On, on some level, like if I'm trying to get performance and, and lay down smoking runs on drills and and do all this different stuff like that, I'm probably half of my time is wasted. And that number I bet would go up with the less experience and training you have. You know what I mean? Like even more of your time would be like just spent getting reacclimated to the gear. So for most people switching around gear in the same practice session, it's not ill-advised. It's beyond that. It's stupid. You know? That's exactly so, what I was wanting you to illustrate. Yeah, where it's interesting to talk to you about, but it's not something I would tell this people. Is not, this is not advice. Like I mean, if you... Really, people shouldn't be trying to model anything we're talking about at home. We, we talk stupid in a lot of ways. I don't know about stupid. Crazy, maybe. Oh, crazy. Speaking of crazy, you guys want to take a, a multi-part question that will give us lots of opportunity to talk crazy? Yes. All right. Here's a handful of questions or topics I've thought of the past few weeks. I haven't listened to every episode because I'm not a maniac, so sorry if some have been corrected. I mean, you're you're a little weird even to listen to this at all. Okay. I've been shooting USPSA seriously for less than a year, and I'm currently C-class. Sometimes I catch myself dismissing concepts that I should be training because I see them as too difficult for a shooter of my level, such as shooting on the move, hitting certain par times for draws or reloads, working on speed instead of uh, focus on getting all the points I can. Now, these are some things that he, uh, some examples he put down. Okay. Are there really any concepts or skills I should wait until I'm a class or better to address, or is it more important to grow each skill with my overall level? Everybody catch the question. And there's a few more that are about as interesting as this one. So we don't want to spend too much time on it, but it is, it is a good question. What, what, like what do you say, Mr. Hopkins? So, like the only thing I would say advance is maybe like match management and stuff like that. Like he's got to be able to hit everything that's out there, no matter what it is or where it's at. He's got to be able to do that. But does he need to worry about like Kim put a post up, I think on PSTG about when to push. Yeah. That's matches. What, 
appropriate for him yeah. to you know, absolutely yeah but shooting on the move you know why not experiment with it it's probably not super relevant for a c-class shooter because they have enough problem you know like hitting the targets without getting penalties or extra shots stuff like that uh i would say well speaking for me personally i remember before i took my first class with ben actually uh, I'm like, shooting on the move, that's stupid. I need to hit the targets. I'm just going to stand here and shoot the targets. Well, the more I trained, I realized shooting on the move doesn't mean running at a full sprint, doing like some, you know, uh, super squad with an open gun where he's like, bam, at some target while you're sprinting by. Shooting on the move is also shooting as you come into a position, as you're backing out of a position. So you don't have to be sprinting at full speed, spraying at targets. So, um, you know, like, what separates the different uh, like skill levels in shooting, once you understand the concept, is your mastery of them. So in the end, it is just gripping the pistol properly, pressing the trigger straight back. I mean, all that, so all what, that stuff. So what's the advice fine. you talk about? Continue to work on everything all the time. Don't be dismissive of like shooting on the move, for instance. You should still be working that into your training. And also uh, analyze where you are falling down on at matches. So if you go to a match, you're like, hey, I'm too slow, or you have, maybe you have a top guy at your club look at your shooting. Hey, you're too slow, you need to go faster. Hey, you're not hitting the targets. You need to start hitting the targets, you know? Look yeah. for those opportunities. I like, so I tell people to train everything all the time. That is that is one thing I say. But for, I mean, one thing that you don't need to, to focus on super hard, especially if you're newer or not, kind of, they, like specifics of times or standards, like a lot of that stuff, I, I don't, you don't want to fill your head with too much of that bullshit. So an example would be like for this guy, if he's like, oh, one second draw, it has to be one second draw. And then he works on his draw for, you know, you know how it is. If, if he's like working it on for a couple months and he doesn't have the number that he wants for his draw after a couple months, it'd be like, you know, you're like, dude, there's more to life than just the time. It's like there's other stuff to work on. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't make him do certain standards or something. Um, but also, you know, still just kind of train generally. But let me give a good way to illustrate what I'm talking about here. Okay, so I went and shot with somebody uh, uh, in the last couple of weeks. Went and trained with them. So they just joined me for one of my training sessions. That's really what happened. This person shoots you know, a little bit, but they're not doing the daily dry fire. They're not training all the time. They're not, they're not, they don't do that. So when they're out training with me, they're asking questions. Hey, should I, you know, do this with my grip or I need to do this thing? Um, you know, asking about really detail oriented little things that they should be focused on with their training. I look at the shooter, watch them shoot a little bit. And my assessment is like, they haven't shot in a while. They don't look trained. They don't look ready. So it's like, what, what advice do you think I gave Joel? Just keep training. Like you need yeah, to be training. Like, you know, yeah, like just shoot the gun right now yeah, and get comfortable. Just, like I'm watching you. You're not even comfortable with what's going on. Like you don't look confident. You know, just shoot the gun. And like for a guy like this, like, yeah, dude, just, just go training, you know, shoot stages or shoot like little scenarios, do drills, uh, do this stuff and like, and focus on the, how you feel about it. Like, do I feel comfortable with this? You know, if he's scared of shooting on the move, like, Big hand. You can set that up in practice and try it. It's nothing to be scared of. I wouldn't say like, don't do this stuff, but maybe you're going to focus on, Hey, I'm going to focus on being able to hit all the targets. I'm going to make sure that there's, there's not stuff in a match that I'm just, I'm not comfortable with the idea of doing it. I'm going to make sure I'm comfortable moving up range or run, you know, running around all these different directions. 
and shooting everything, that's probably where he needs to be at. Like, I'm kind of with you. I don't really think that there is a whole lot of advanced skill sets that he would need to totally ignore, aside from stuff like when to push, like like Matt was talking about, like yeah. or or the specifics of scoring, as far as like um, like 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 deciding on a strategy based on the hit factor. Don't yeah, do I mean, that. That's just, just shoot the targets. Crazy. That's too yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah. So this guy just needs to get comfortable, and that's okay. Uh, Mr. Kim, you got anything to say on this one? Otherwise, oh, I'll think, kick you the next. One. I think everybody's done pretty good. All right. But so just one good. one small tip will be uh, ratio your training. So like if you do one hour training. Ratio more minutes to the skills that's going to reward you the most at that point. Yeah. All right. This one is for you, Mr. Kim. I know many people, myself included, disagree with changing rules based on the ease of enforcement. However, I do think that allowing modifications to production guns is important since it makes more guns viable for competition. Glock will never produce a tricked out version of the G34 or 17 like CZ has made the Shadow 2 as an evolution of the CZ75. While a Glock will never compete with a Shadow 2 in any category besides reliability, I believe that uh, $30 in parts and a few hours polishing drastically reduces that gap. What are your thoughts on this? Well, I, I really like the new weight rule, though, 69 ounce. <laughs> uh, the number is, I think it's perfect, 69 covering every weight. Wait, is it 59? Or sorry. It's 59. It's, it's like a number that's high enough it doesn't matter. relevant. Okay, 6.9 sounds a little bit better, but uh, the weight of the gun, of course, uh, I think 59 ounces pretty much covers all the weight uh, as a production gun out that's there. That's not what this guy's asking about. Yeah, but in terms of uh, like Glock competing against heavier gun, uh, in a minor nine millimeter minor power factor, I personally think there's not much like disadvantage at all. And I don't, okay. I don't think why this person would care about people shooting CZ uh, Shadow Two or heavy guns, but I think uh, actually, if you have any financial uh, difficulty, actually shooting Glock is better because you 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 know buy more ammo and practice and get better that way too. All right. What do you think, Matt? I'm going to have to pass because I don't remember after hearing him speak. It's a rule. It's a rule. His, his question has nothing to do with the weight of the guns. It's the yeah. rules. Okay. He's asking about what, like, where do you want to see production at in terms of what modifications are allowed or disallowed? There's nothing that's disallowed now. I understand. What do you want to see in terms of what's allowed and disallowed? Fuck where it's at right now. I That's wanted to see question. the USPSA. You're gonna get me fired up, dude. This is I'm like I'm just this guy's asking, asking the question. Yeah. All right. So before they did all this change about parts and weight, I wanted USPSA to come out and say what the division was. They yeah, never they did, did that. Huh? They're, the board of directors did in 2009. Current administration yeah. never did, so no one knows what they think it is. They've told me. They've told well, you. They've made it pretty clear. I mean, do, are you unclear about what production is to them? All right, I mean, ser being serious, are you are you actually unclear? So, I don't know. What is it? Like, it's a ten round minor. Annoyance. 
Okay, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. That's actually a really They're good way of putting it. Just the concept of yes. like, that we're yeah, I like that. Out like what the rules need to be for this. It's like, like they've pretty much abdicated any sort of decision making on that. It's like just. But just if you, if, it would have been really simple if they would have like put but Matt, it out. Forget about what used to be or what happened, and forget about USPSA for right now. What do you want production to be? Just take it from there. I like, I don't know. There's a couple different ways. Like trigger pull limit makes a lot of sense because then you could, you don't have to police parts inside of it. Uh, you can go like super, super hardcore with it and just say like kind of previous, like. No, no, Where, what do you want it to be? Just tell me what you want, Matt. You don't have to, it doesn't even have to be reasonable. I want stock-looking guns shooting in the stock production division. All right. And what modifications would you allow? What sort of? I think if it's internal, like you can't see it from the outside, it's fair game. Why? Why is that the rule and not something else? Just out of curiosity. Because... Forget about enforceability. Just what do you want? I think... I don't know. I think 10 round minor has to stay. That's a, that's like one of the legs of production. Okay. What else? I think stock ish looking stuff. So there would be no through holes in the slide. There's no way you could do that. You can't paint a bunch of stuff yeah, up. Just like focus like a laser on what you want, not what you don't want. I want stock guns to shoot against stock guns. Oh my God. So um, I think we more or less agree. I mean, we more or less agree. I should just say for me personally, like I, I'm not interested in like the getting the gun to the edge of reliability, fucking with the trigger. I, I'm just not interested. I don't give a shit about that. And I don't care about like making it like as, as good of a gun for competition as you can make it. I'd rather shoot like a practical, you know, gun. Yeah. That's what I've always liked. I like that stuff. Ben, can I throw this out there? You just tell me if I'm. If you want, Joel. You, uh, Ben likes shooting and training more yes. than he likes setting up and tinkering and modifying and putting in different parts to see how it performs. Is that fair? Like you just well, like the gun. Right. But I know. I actually think that that other stuff detracts from the the actual shooting. Um, I, in my view, if you allow a thing that makes the gun better for competition, you are requiring that thing. Mm -hmm. you are i mean in effect you require it so if you allow people to essentially do whatever they want to make the guns as effective as possible for competition then they will do in the heart of good sorry yeah the heart of production when i started i liked was that it was a factory gun off the shelf i didn't have a lot of money so it was a factory gun i bought white box from you know walmart and that was awesome like i like that yeah, like other people going there to compete with a gun they more or less bought off the shelf. Maybe you replaced the sights, you did some polishing, but it's basically a stock gun. Yes, I, I like shooting basically stock guns. I mean, to me, um, like as far as like what I would want to drive and be all about, like the idea of driving a street car, not even just street legal, but an actual car that I would drive every day and driving that very fast, like on all season tires 
and on factory brakes and driving that car as fast as I can. That is more exciting to me and more, you know, like than a like car that you trailer to the track, for example. You know what I mean? I like the more practical sort of equipment and like learning how to drive it. In a car, in a shooting context, it's like I want to shoot like actual guns that actually get used for shooting. That's what I want to shoot. Like I'm not interested in some custom built gun with essentially custom made ammunition that I can't buy anywhere. Like the fuck do I want to do that? I mean, that, that part doesn't interest me at all. So I like shooting the stock guns. Um, but as far as what this guy's saying, this is very reasonable. And the way it used to function in the division when I started and when Joel started, and I think when Matt started, it was, um, you could buy the gun and then you could swap around the sights. You could, like fit the gun to you in terms of grip you could change a few other small parts with factory parts and you could do a trigger job that's what was allowed and that was reasonable um mm -hmm. that was fine and i'm i'm cool with that i what i i would prefer it more stock ish with sort of arbitrary lines drawn about what you can can't do and i will play within those rules and i will be happy with that i i think uh the ultra light triggers to the point of being unreliable or dangerous or stupid not that I think that there's a lot of, I don't think it's really that dangerous, but it's, they're very idiocy. You're asking for problems in a match. We have a federal primer only gun. No, I mean, it's not even a safety argument. It's like, if, like, if you take, uh, I mean, even some Glocks have this, like people get the triggers to where it's like a pound and a half of pressure to set it off. And it's right on the edge of reliability. So it's like, uh, you know, a, a deep seated federal primer and like that, like they'll shoot their Glock that way. And like, honestly, I don't, give a shit about I me mean, there's like i'm not interested in doing that i'm not interested in like making that a thing that people do in production i, mean, I don't yeah. give a shit if you do that like on your own but like i'm not like as well, a competition thing i don't i'm not interested well, yeah like to illustrate i turned up to a, a three-gun match with a basically a rifle somebody could put in their squad car with yeah. like a like that would be a, that's a duty configuration with like a red dot backup iron sights a light a duty trigger yeah like that was really fun. Yes, and the fact that you have to go buy an LPVO just to be competitive in a match like that—that that to you is a bummer. I'm not gonna lie; it oh, kind of—I was like slightly so disappointed. Yeah, it's yeah. like my my gun is practical as is, mm -hmm. and like putting an LPVO on it, I would say makes it less practical for what you actually would use it for. Yeah, but it will make you more competitive in that match. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I mean, that's that's the kind of stuff to me. Where I'm like, oh man, that's lame. Well, that's a perfect, like, Ben and I chatted about that this morning, where I'm like, if I want to win, I need one, but I really well, don't want like, one, because I, I like it. I hate to say it, but I need an LPVO. It's like, why do you hate to say it? Like, that's like, that's what yeah. you need. So, like, I like it just the way it is. Like, it's fun to shoot. It's set up and zeroed. Like, Yes, but um, I'm more or less on the same page as this guy. I mean, reasonable trigger jobs, not, like, the stupid stuff. And as far as how those lines get drawn, it's all fuzzy. But, yeah, 9 millimeter, that stuff's mm -hmm. cool. Okay, here we go, guys. Should USPSA, as an organization, be providing more content or coverage for level two and higher matches? If the MLB only showed the World Series every year, there would likely be much less interest in the sport than there is today. So what do you think, guys? Should USPSA, as an organization, be doing more for this stuff? I like when they did the Facebook Live of the super squads, like at Nationals. Bro, I was sitting at work. I'm like, well, I can kind of, like space out and multitask here on some nonsense I'm doing. Like, I'm going to watch this live because I found that super interesting. I know a lot of my friends did too. Yeah, or if you 
like you see coverage of yeah big matches or an insight with some you know like instructor or top shooter guy that's super interesting so yes i would love to see more coverage what do you think matt definitely more coverage i think it'd be good what do you think Kim? yeah i think they're actually stepping up so when i first started like uspsa barely did anything about the you know match footage or anything like there was a website that did the live stream kind of thing and there was other uh, YouTube channels kind of thing actually doing it for USPSA rather than USPSA trying to do it on their own. But now they're, I think, starting it and definitely want to see more of those. For sure. They've been doing the Facebook live streaming from big events when they have staff there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where, I mean, that's the change you're talking about. I haven't seen any, am I missing something? There's not, there's not other stuff, is there? Uh, there's a lot more posts on social media, like well, sharing yeah. and tagging. Like, they, yeah. They, they share up and tag so much bullshit on social media, it actually hurts their feed, but, you know, whatever. And for sure, better website. Yeah. Well, I, I'd like to see less gun reviews. Hey, here's some gun, and this is how it groups. Like, <laughs> I'd rather have an interview with a top with a top guy, maybe sharing his thoughts or something he had about training or, like, some little takeaway that maybe I could, you know, bring to my training. I would find that very interesting. Um, are you guys ready? I disagree with all of you. I think really? USPSA as an organization, I don't like, I mean, the way I read this question, it's almost like you fault them for not providing more coverage. I would say no, they're not, they're fine. They're good. Honestly. Oh, come on. So if you take, I'm the, being real. I like 100%. his analogy about MLB, but think of it like something not like so mainstream is that think of it like snowboarding, Right. Or something else like video gaming, right? Okay. So there's live streams of all the matches and and duels and whatever they are, right? For League of Legends, all throughout the tournaments and everything, but the grand finale is broadcast on ESPN, right? Okay. So that'd be kind of like USPSA live streaming area matches, the squads that they're near or on. And then Shooting USA broadcasting the Nationals coverage. Okay. Albeit briefly, but they do. So In what, the what end. About it? Oh, good. Sorry. More is always better, I think. I think. There is it, though? It can be, yeah. So what, like, what is more to you? It has to be done the right it's, way, though. Because I think that the organization is big enough that you look at it like, this should be a bigger deal. There should be more coverage. But if you like think about it in terms of what it would take to make that happen, it doesn't make sense to have USPSA like be driving it centrally and paying for it. You know what I mean? And the technological technical. Well, what does it cost to? Okay, so we're going to cover all the area matches, right? Yeah. So that's the deal. Okay, so we're going to hire somebody and send them to all the area matches. Fair yeah, enough. That right? doesn't seem that much. Well, it'd be three grand a match, probably. If, okay. you, if, if you hire a professional and send them there, that's three grand to match that, you know, maybe that guy does a good job. Maybe not. I don't know. But the thing is, this is already it's already that the, the technology is almost to where people are handling this themselves. Almost like the live streaming stuff to Facebook. Like that's Facebook's innovation. If you're having a, if you have a phone, you can just stand there and stream stuff. And yeah, things so why not to the point where there's no point in centrally organizing who is live streaming the shit because there's so many people doing it already. Like why would USPSA pay people to do it? They could just like 
kind of on a soft way, encourage it or maybe facilitate it by making it easy to find people doing that at particular matches, but they don't have to do it. Like there's enough people to do it in a decentralized fashion. It makes no sense. Or like Ben, you're saying, why would you pay money for a billboard? When it's not, you, it's when you not have, just no, no. money, it's the hassle. Like, I think yeah, yeah. there's too much bullshit on USPSA's plate as it is now. Okay, like, well, money aside, a, a word of mouth advertising is way better than any billboard anyway. So having, like, all your homeboys posting their videos, hey, I, I shoot USPSA, I really enjoy this, you, you should come check it out. That's better if advertising like than anything on a billboard like, anyway. At, at anybody's social media feed, they're annoyed with it. Like, it's all people post about us is bullshit. So, I mean, that's just that's just my read on it. I think to centrally organize, it just doesn't make sense given the size of the organization and the, the expenses that would be involved. And it's getting so much easier. Like the technology is sorting this out now. So it's that's- like how many ads they could sell on all the live videos. I, I There's no value in them. I mean, if you, if you sell ads, it's to, uh, well, I mean, who the fuck is buying frontside ads? Have you seen their ad sheet, their rate sheets my, for that? My God, I don't know who pays full freight for those ads. I, I suspect nobody, but whatever. That's I've different... seen it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, what? Who would pay this? this? is insane. All right. All right. One more question this guy asks. On a similar note to the above question, should USPSA be holding more than one major match every year and be more selective with who can attend nationals? I think the sport would have more legitimacy that match bestows the title of national champion. That's in quotation marks, had a barrier for entry that kept idiots like me from competing in the same match. What do you say guys? Uh, no, anyone should be able to, I like the process quite well for nationals. So well, you not have to gate it right now. I'm sorry. There's not really a reason to gate it because the no, matches, it don't sell out. Yeah. they still can get into it. No, if it was selling out, it'd be a different problem. And I like the fact that, hey, maybe you're in B or C class, but you want to see what a national event's like or what the top shooters are like. So if you want to go and experience that and maybe you meet some of the people that you've seen on Instagram or whatever, that's cool. So I like that a lot. And then I don't think USPSA needs to add any more matches because I would make the argument like there. Man, I'm thinking if I was in that spot and I had to fly all over the country every month and hold this major event and organize it and like that's a lot of work to do so well yeah i mean yeah so, so what do you think mr cam you've been quiet i i really like joel's opinion i agree with it and i happen to live uh less than 30 minutes from headquarters so i sometimes visit and chit chat sometimes but uh going to florida especially from washington state it's pretty much like going to another country. <laughs> it's and, like a six-hour flight, right? Yes. And like two, three, two, two hours, three hours drive from Tampa, too. So, like, when I go to Florida for nationals, I see the staffs I meet at the, you know, headquarters in Washington State. And, like, when I look at them, I mean, they're not even there to shoot. Some, some of them actually shoot, but some of the staff don't shoot, too. And... Dealing with the Florida heat, uh, when I look at them, I think they're doing a really good job hosting nationals already. And I don't think if they want to do more matches like that, actually travel from Washington State to other states, I I don't think it's going to be very beneficial for their mental health either. And I don't see a reason to add more matches that's governed by the headquarters. Yeah. Well, on that note, guys... 
Another bang up podcast, right, Joel? Uh, I was getting ready to say it. You beat me to the punch. Yeah. Well, listeners, well, if you have any questions you want to ask, go to my website, bensteger.com. Send me your question. We'd love to